Welcome back to Tom Girl, where we talk all things sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. And today we have Frida Farrell talking about her film, Apartment 407, and being a sex trafficking survivor. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, Frida, welcome. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah, such a pleasure. Um, this, Wow, this is a, a, a big topic to kind of dive in today. Your film is just so powerful and so just impacting. It's just so it's... T- tell everybody a little bit about the, the premise of the, of the film that you created. It's a film about sex trafficking. It's based on a true story, my own true story. Mm-hmm. And it's an important film, I think, to make and to show and to talk about because of the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I made it, we made it a couple of years ago now, spent a few years in editing where I was part of it. That's probably why it took so long. Um, and then finally got it to the cinema uh, in November last year Mm -hmm. and now it's on Amazon Prime and iTunes and so everybody can see it. (laughs) Let's show everybody before we dive into talking about it more, all of it some more. Well, we have a trailer from from the film so go ahead and play the trailer for you guys who might not be familiar with it yet. Why do angels need glitter? Well, I Yes, they needed to light our way. Have you ever been stabbed, Isabel? It's like a wasp sting. Burns. It never cools down. It just gets hotter. We can't do it. Please. You're gonna kill me. We'd never kill. We're far too beautiful. Congratulations are in order. Your client? It's coming back in a few days. Why are you doing this to me? For money. It's the same reason that you came here for. You have to be strong. You have to be a survivor. Tell me how pretty I look. I want to hear it. What you're about to see is not just based on a true story. It's based on my true story. A story I lived through and memories I live with every day. Hello, Isabel. You were made to serve others. That's who you are. I want to share this film for awareness and not as a victim, as a survivor. So strong. I just, ta- I mean, t- talk to me about your decision to. Um, I know you kept it quiet for for many years with the, what you went through, and then you made the decision to to make this film. What was that process like for you? So I was quiet for many years because I just really didn't want to talk about it. I was ashamed and embarrassed about what had happened, and then I was talked into making a film about it um, from my husband at the time who said, I think you should make a film about what happened to you. And I, my first reaction was, no way, I don't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. So to go from nobody knowing to everybody knowing was completely overwhelming for me. And I thought, no, 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 no. So let's just, first of all, let's have someone else do it if I'm going to make the film, mm-hmm. play me. And then 
it took weeks to talk me into actually doing it. And then once we got over that, and he said to me, what if you can help other women by doing this film? And that sort of stuck with me. And I thought, okay, what if I could? Mm -hmm. That's gonna, then I could take something really bad in my life and turn it into something really good mm -hmm. and actually help other women because there's so many other women who have either gone through it or possibly could go through it. So to maybe stop that or help people who have gone through it would be huge for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. to take something that's happened to me and, and make that out of it. So we decided to do it and we hired a writer and we wrote the script, it took two years. And then you know, make the long story short, we kind of got the film made. But yeah, it was an ordeal mm -hmm. mentally as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we, I know I read that you said it was kind of ended, ended up being a little cathartic, like doing actually acting in it and going back through that. Was it real like a roller coaster? How were the emotions as you actually went through the filming of it? Yeah, it is cathartic to do it mm -hmm. because you, as any victim of, or survivor of anything, you if you talk about it, the more you talk about it, the easier it is to go to get over it. Mm -hmm. So here in my case, I didn't talk about it, didn't talk about it, which is not the way to go forward. So for anyone out there who has gone through anything like this, my suggestion is don't be quiet about it. Talk about it. Don't keep it quiet for 10 years like I did. It's not a good way to go. So um, I, when you start talking about it, it, first, it's very, very scary and you feel ashamed and embarrassed and all kinds of emotions come over you. And then you sort of, then you go through an, an anger about it. And then you, there's so many different roller coaster of emotions that come over you. And I had all this while writing it, then on set and then in, in editing. And the editing part was actually really hard for me having to watch it. Yeah. I watched that person who was me over and over and over and over again, like, beating into my head of mm -hmm. what had happened and I was like I can't do this so many times I literally stepped out and I said we're not doing this we're, we're, and I was I walked away for six months from the film I said I'm not doing it we're going to just put it on the shelf it's never no one's ever going to see this and then I came back to it so that I've started this I'm going to see it through so yeah it was three years mm -hmm. in editing mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just want to say that I I completely like want to thank you first of all for having the courage and the strength to go through that because I can't even imagine you know put that's putting yourself out there. But I know you said you really wanted to help and raise awareness and even you know I I um it's nowhere near anything that you went through. But I even had an experience when I first moved out to L.A. where I went to an audition, kind of same thing, where somebody mm -hmm. called me up and wanted me to be the next like Terminator type of girl, and I was so excited because that's what like a role I had wanted to be, you know, and. I too went to a house and I kind of thought this is strange you know I probably you know you have those things but yeah. I went in same thing yeah and then it got to a point where I was like I knew I needed to get out yeah. and that and, feeling yeah. yeah and you just all of a sudden but everything you said is true like your brain it's it's kind of slow in that moment and you're it's it's weird because you're kind of trying to process it all yeah. you know um so so having gotten out, I even almost like wanted to quit acting and not have any part to do with any and, and shut down. So I just want to applaud you for, um, I'm sure, everything that you went, went through facing it and being willing and brave enough to tell your story. Because you will help and already are helping tons of girls and Thank women you. who have been through this situation and know that it's, you know, not their fault and, yeah. you know, and take and get their strength back. 
Yeah. H- have you gotten a lot of response or, you know, Tons. for people? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So many emails and messages and private messages on Facebook. It's, it's just, I think because it's now released in North America and Canada, people are seeing it and it just, it's like so hundreds of messages. It's crazy. So I'm really thankful for those messages and I try to reply to every single one of them. I really do. Like I don't let anyone slip. So because it's important for them, for those women to have even, some of them have never told anyone and they Mm -hmm. reach out and tell me what has happened to them. So it's very important for me that I reply to them. So I make sure that every single one gets a nice reply and if I can help or guide them to a guideline, like, you know, someone they can actually call or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they can really speak to that's more educated than I am because I, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but I can at least show them my warmth and my, my love and say, I understand because mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I read that, so you hadn't even told, uh, your dad until the, the premiere. Was that, is that true? <laughs> oh my God. I tried to tell my dad. I mean, he was, Flew to London, and I said to him, okay, you know it's based on my story, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's based on your story. I said, no, it's it's really based on my story, my own story. He goes, yeah, yeah I know it's based on your story. But he told me afterwards, he thought it was based on my story that I made up. Mm. He didn't quite, it didn't land on him. But he sat down, at the very beginning of the film, there's that message where I speak straight to camera, yes. and I say... This is not just, you know, a story. This is my story that I lived through and all that thing. And then mm-hmm. he sat two people away from me and he went, <gasps> no. And I went, oh, my God, he oh. just got it. No, it just, no, yeah. no. And then the whole film, he just sat forward like this, just tense. And I mm. thought, oh, my God, I can't. And so I'm crying and I just, it was, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that's because to have that goes to happen to your daughter. I know. You know? Oh, that's a horrible, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and however much you want to talk about, feel, you know, you stop, you don't have to answer anything, but can you want to tell, like, so you were actually, this happened over two, two uh, two nights and three days where you were kidnapped? Yeah. yeah. In London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you know or anybody knows London very well, but it was in Oxford Circus. So it's like roughly about a million people pass through Oxford Circus every single day, tourists and people who live there. And there's like Topshop, H&M, McDonald's, you know, it's the biggest hub. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just walking through and I was walking home one night and I literally walked a couple of blocks up north to go home. And excuse me. And I was approached by a photographer you know, mm-hmm. who handed me his card and said, hey, you look just like what we need for this casting we're doing right now. And um, if you're interested, just give me a call. And he was very sort of uh, not overbearing about mm-hmm. it. He goes, here's my card. Just give me a call if you're, if you're interested. And he sort of backed off. So I was like, okay, well, what is it for? And I asked him questions. He goes, yeah, is this commercial? And I thought, okay, great. That's quite a lot of money. He goes, yeah, just think about it and look me up. You know, my website's there, so just give me a call. I was like, okay, great. And he walked off. I mean, so there's no red flags, really, right? right? Because yeah. if you would have, you know, been over and, like, grabbing me or anything, then obviously, yeah. Yeah, you know. Or, like, tried to get you in right away yes. in that moment or something. Yeah. yeah. But so I went home and checked him out, and at that time, which is, like, what, 14 years ago, it looked like any photographer's website, you know, pretty girls. Like, if you mm-hmm. if you look at any photographer, it's like pretty girls. There wasn't any guys, which for me wasn't even a red flag because, yeah, you know. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. he looks like a good photographer. They were all pretty. I thought, okay, great. No nudity or anything. So I was like, okay. So I called him up and he said, yeah, we're holding a casting. So I went along to the casting, which was in Harley Street, the equivalent of Rodeo Drive. 
right? So mm-hmm. again, no red flags. I thought, okay, well, that's a good street. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I went along. Really nice building, top of the building, penthouse. I went in and there was a, a photo shoot. There was a backdrop, fruit, teas, coffees, you know, snacks, an assistant, female assistant. Okay, great. He did a couple of shots. I said, okay, I'll send them to the client uh, and I'll let you know what they think. And I went home. Again, no red flags. So I went home and then he called me back and said, yeah, the client loves you. Do you want to do the shoot? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Of course, I'm a student at the time. I just finished drama school. I owe a lot of money. I'm like, yes, I would love to be able to pay my rent for the next six months. Yeah. So, yeah. So I said, okay, same address uh, at noon. Again, no red flags. If you said 11 p.m., I would have been like, "Mm." Yeah. Right? So so he was really good at what he was doing, which makes me think he does this all the time. I'm not the first. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm I'm not the last. Mm -hmm. So I went along. And this time, same thing. I went up. There's a little tiny elevator. Like, literally a one-person elevator. So small. I'm like, me. Went upstairs. Knocked on the door. He goes, hi. Opened the door. I went in. Bam. Slammed the door behind me. Locked. Locked. The last lock was with the key. Put the key in his (sighs) pocket. I was like... And, you know, your brain just kind of slowed. Everything happened in slow motion. And you just kind of go, no, this is not happening. Mm -hmm. I remember just thinking, wait, that's not, he's not supposed to lock you with the key. How am I supposed to get out now? Mm -hmm. Key's supposed to be on the outside, not on the inside. And it's almost like your brain couldn't quite go, I just went, that's not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then it just went sour from From that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And as they say, you show at the end of the film that he was never caught and they never could the, couldn't find his fingerprint matches or anything like that. No. So the police said to me that they went to the place that I said that he was in and said he rented it furnished by the week with cash. His phone was a pay as you go. It's called in London where you have literally like you just pay weekly. Mm-hmm money and you can just throw the phone and this was not in the iphone days so you couldn't just trace it with a find my yeah, iphone yeah. you know this is a flip phone and you can just throw it literally that's what he did and the pay as you go is you just is not a contract so your name is not on anything so he was just gone that's crazy yeah and, and yeah oh man well you do such such an amazing job of of putting this all in, into this film and, and getting it out there. I'm so sorry this, that this happened to you. I mean, I just, you know, just makes me sick what people, you know, will do in this, in this world. But it's also but. important for me to show that even if something like this happened to you, which is pretty shitty, mm-hmm. at, you still, if you look at yourself as a victim, you will be a victim. But if you look at yourself as a, as a survivor, you have an afterlife. And you can still be a strong woman. And I'm not a victim anymore. I'm a survivor. Mm -hmm. I got out. 2% in sex trafficking are survivors. I'm one of them. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually really lucky. And I need to use that luck Mm -hmm. and go out and help people and show them that you can still be really successful in whatever you want to do, in whatever field you want to do. You can still be a strong woman and do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. In the research, you actually talked to another survivor 
Did you not? Or you did research of people, other, um, I thought that there was somebody that you had been, uh, that had a, maybe a similar story or other sex tra- trafficking victims, or did I read that wrong? No, I didn't, no. um, speak to other sex trafficking victims or survivors. I spoke to the director had a friend who went to an audition mm. and woke up in China. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. Was, yeah. And took her two years to learn Mandarin so she could talk her way out of being sex trafficked and find her way to escape and get to the U.S. Embassy. So it's it's hard. Yeah. You see how lucky I was in comparison? So <laughs> to, to be there for two years and have to... Yeah. Wow, it's sometimes it's just speechless <laughs> to say, you know, like, know. It's just, yeah, you think you're just going to an audition and then, yeah. then that, yeah. Right? Imagine you went to that house and you woke up in China. I, yeah. I know. I, I know. And there, yes. It's just that feeling of, of getting out of that house that day. And yeah, it's, that's, oh man, sorry. I'm sort of struggling a little bit here because it's like, wow, it's, it's crazy. I also, you had some other statistics too at the end that I thought were really um, fascinating. You said uh, there's about, um, 20.6 million adults and children kidnapped, bought, and sold into illegal sex trade, um, and then the less than 2% escape. And the, and this put it in per, into perspective, too. You said Burger King annual net sales are $1.15 billion, and with sex slavery is $32 billion. Yeah. And $10 billion in North America alone. Yes. And that Just, goes up every year. That was mm-hmm. 2018, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So that goes, that goes up more. every year. Yeah. How were you shocked when after when you like were doing some of the research for this film with the numbers and the I mean, crazy, much? completely shocked. Mm-hmm. And that's why we put that perspective in with the Burger King just to show people because that's actually the one that everybody talks about at the end. They're like, "What did you read the Burger King one?" Because, you know, we all go out and eat every now and then at either McDonald's or Burger King or some fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Wait a second, that." Uh, people are sold to that extent that burgers are nothing. Mm-hmm. And so we're, I mean, imagine how much that girl is worth compared to that burger. A yeah. What, a tenth? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because we all, we, we hear about sex trafficking and those kinds of things, but I didn't, I was astonished by how much. I mean, why do you think is we don't, that we're not aware of how much this is really going going on? I'm scared to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, a couple of reasons. We're not, um, I don't think we know enough about it and the news aren't talking about mm-hmm. it enough. And I think that it's because it's infiltrated to such a high level um, that it's not talked about enough because mm-hmm. of that reason. I think that people who use the sex trafficking are so high that it's going to be very hard to beat, but we can mm-hmm. at least try and see the red flags and try and our best to um to beat it but it's coming out slowly mm-hmm. just like just like how hashtag me too has helped women slowly this is going to leak out as well mm-hmm. who is using those women is going to start leaking out mm-hmm. so it's it's not just the every man on the street is it goes all the way up to you know company owners or in the um, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. high powerful, it's high powerful people. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any in some of your research as well, like um, 
any resources or groups that you uh, utilized a lot or maybe discovered for, for that have a lot more, you know, information about this or who are doing things to try to help make awareness of this? I spoke to the LAPD with the researchers, and, and they said that they raid houses in L.A. every single day, mm-hmm. and they rescue women stuck in houses every single day. But they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You don't read that in the news. No. No. I don't know why. We read about all kinds of other things, you know, in, but they never talk about that. Uh, they don't write about it. So I don't know if it's just not making the news or... It is very interesting, fascinating, because every day you hear about, like, a hit and run. Yeah. I think every day I'm getting ready for work, I hear about a hit and run. Yeah. But I can't remember one day here where I've heard about no. this. I don't know why. That's hmm. a good question. It's interesting. Mm. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the, actually the filmmaking process for you. And uh, so, what were some things that um, that you, what, what draws you to filmmaking? And because I know you had a background of modeling and, and acting as well. Um, what is it that you love about acting and filmmaking? Um, so I started off in modeling when I was very young. I was only I was. Um, 15, 16 when I started modeling, so that was pretty young. And I stopped mm-hmm. young as well. I was only 21 when I stopped because I just thought this is not the world for me. You did some runways and things as well, right? Yeah. Big time modeling. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was doing New York, Milan. I never did London. They never liked me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just never li- liked me. But I did Paris, Milan, and New York. <laughs> well, those are some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sort of and I really wanted to go to London and finally I got to go to London because of drama school I was like yes yeah. score so I went to drama school and that was a lot of fun and I sort of felt like I could use my brain a little bit more mm-hmm. and you can just kind of modeling I just felt a little bit like a doll and I might felt I almost felt my brain shrinking <laughs> I, thought, I can't I just can't I need to <laughs> talk and do things and and so yeah. I just went 21, I skipped it, and I went to drama school, and then I started singing. Um, it's um, musical theater drama mm-hmm. school, so I was singing a lot and just loving it. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. Didn't you start your own theater group mm-hmm. as well, new productions? <laughs> what was that like? You know a lot. Uh, trying to do my research. <laughs> Damn it. I want to find the stuff out about you. <laughs> so, um, so what happened was I came out of drama school, and I actually was like, what do we do now? So, so I did my drama school, then what? Who's going to call me? Who's going <laughs> to... No one calls. No one does. I'm like, okay, I have to start my own theaters, my own theater group and do my own stuff. Mm. So um, I did. So I started my own theater group and we did six productions. And the last one was just off the West End, hmm. which was... Oh. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I love producing and I love just like putting people together and making sure the team gels and finding the right people like, and then finding the production and going to... the the prop house and the you know just putting mm-hmm. everything I loved all that mm-hmm. same as I do with film because I did all that and then I thought oh my god I'm making zero money literally I'm making no money I have to eat like tuna fish cans and Heinz tomato soup I love <laughs> I love that but like I'm not gonna survive so I packed all my stuff up and I moved to LA I took a plane when mm-hmm. I had four bags I knew nobody I landed at LAX and I'm like what now and right. that was at what age um, so I was 20, 28, I mm-hmm. think. I think, yeah, I think it's 28, 27, 28. I, I'm, my birthday is so late in the year that I mm-hmm. never remember if I've turned 28 or if I'm going <laughs> to turn 28. So um, I rented a car and I lived in my car for a little bit. 
<laughs> because I couldn't get an apartment because you have to have credits here. Yeah. It is so hard to get a, Even if you have credit here, there's still like a fight of like 10 people for the same apartment. It's like you have to show a, a giant resume just to get an apartment here. Oh, my God. So I'm like, people say, just drive around, just call in just for, for rent. Yeah. I'm like, I did, but nobody did just hang up on me. So what I did was, I never told anyone this. <laughs> so I stole the for rent sign. And kept it in my car and called every single day, and no one else was calling. Oh, that's classic. So I got it. In the end, I got the apartment because I said, did anyone else call? And this Chinese lady goes, no. I said, okay, can I have it? She, after a week, she finally goes, okay. Wow, she made you wait that long, yeah, though, even if she wasn't getting calls. Yeah. <laughs> one week. I was like, God damn. Yes, so I got an apartment. <laughs> I have to say that's genius. I've never <laughs> thought of doing that out here, but people out there are probably going to be <laughs> using that tip I was now. desperate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to be out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I got here, and then, you know, I'm trying to make the long story a little bit short, but I got, I finally, I got an agent. I worked a lot, and then um, there was all the strikes. Mm-hmm. That was like the writer's strike, the the actor's strike, mm-hmm. and then I kind of, I got hit with that because I hadn't made it yet, so I was just... <laughs> yep. And I had no work. Suddenly, I was like, zero. So then I started my own production company out here, did six short films, won a bunch of awards, and then thought, I have to do a feature film. So then I ended up with this one. That's great. I love how you're just like, oh, I'm going to start a theater company. Oh, I'm going to start a production company. (laughs) Tell me about that process, because there's a lot of people out there with ideas of doing something like that, but it never gets off the ground. So how do you just go for it and do that? Um... That's a good question. What did I do? I so which one the production company uh, let's here? Let's do the production company here. Okay, yeah. here, here it was. It's I think every time it's born out of pure desperation. Like I'm literally like I have no job. What what am I supposed to do? Um, I need to do. I need to work. I need to work. I need to do a, a short film. How do I do it? Mm. Um, start a production company. Just I just literally like start it. Just go online and say register it. And <laughs> then I need to make a short film. I'm making under this production company, and I just made one, and then. The first one was pretty crappy. The second one was actually okay. We actually we had thirty thousand views on mm, YouTube. That's great. Mm-hmm. I and yeah. that I don't know. I'm just like whoa. And then the the third one we won a lot of awards for. And I thought, okay, this is good. And so far, I was only producing, writing as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. So I think setting up your own production company it's more like more than getting a name and doing that, it's actually going and do it. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your production company? Do you want to do, you want to do short films? So what's your ultimate goal? Write a one-year goal, write a two-year, write a three, that a five-year goal, goal. What do you want to do? So for anyone who wants to start your own production company, just write out your goals and what you want to do. And now, now it's so easy. You mm-hmm. pick up your iPhone and you shoot. Yeah. Back then, you had to get a DP and I had to like... <laughs> Oh, can I afford that? Can I pay you later? Can I, you know, yeah. I got a hundred bucks, you know, like it was hard. Mm-hmm. But now literally you're like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. Is that now, have you shot short films on the iPhone or no, what are you? Okay. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. But we're thinking about doing it. We're thinking about doing another short film just because it's fun mm-hmm. and we might do it on an iPhone just because everyone's doing it mm-hmm. and they're so good now. They shoot 4K. Yeah, I know. It's pretty amazing. What the hell? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. So, how do you come up with the ideas for your short films? There is a website, and I should um, I should look into the name. Um, but there's a website where people literally like post their short films. Writers just post their short films, and I don't remember at the top of my head right mm-hmm. now because it's been a while since I looked there. But you can just Google 
short films uh, by writers. You know, literally just Google short films. How do I find a short film? It will come up. Because at the time I wasn't writing, I needed material. Hmm. So you can find either a one page or a four page or a ten page and loads of short films, hundreds of short films. So you just found one that spoke to you and then just went out and went for it. I spent like yeah. a week reading short films. <laughs> yeah. What was the one that won a lot of awards about? That was about, that's a pretty cool story. That was my writing partner who also wrote this film, who wrote that one. And it's about a guy that uh, has been fired from work on Friday. He's real pissed. He goes to work on Monday with a gun. He's going to shoot his boss. The girl who's now got his job, he doesn't know that yet, is running in. They meet in the elevator on Monday morning at 8 a.m. So it's him and her going in the elevator. The elevator gets stuck. And they're now having slowly finding out who's who. Hmm. So he got sacked because she got the job. Hmm. She's younger, prettier. He's 50-something. He's like, what the... Mm-hmm. Beep. So they have a face-off conversation. He's got a gun, and you know, uh-huh. and she has to talk her way out of it. So, so ensues. <laughs> and then he. So you said he wrote with you on the, your film on Apartment Four Hundred Seven. Yes, as well. I yeah. wondered if that was a collaboration or if that was your writing. No, we it. sat down for about three weeks, and I he recorded me telling all my stories, all of them, and then not all of them are in the film. Like, I literally had so many stories. And then we decided on... He wrote a first draft, and we decided on what to keep and what not to keep and what would actually work in a film because mm-hmm. some of them just doesn't work in a film. It does not... And so we have about 22 drafts of the film. Wow. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, well, and he said it took and then about three years to edit it. Yeah. Yeah. Filmmaking is... Mm-hmm. Low, I would say low-budget filmmaking is... Is um, it's tough? Mm-hmm. How, no, that's what I was going to ask. How did you? How did you get the budget for this? Um, and then how did you find the other the actors? Uh, so we got the money out of all the short films. We put together a website. We put all the awards on the website. We made it look real nice. And then we we went out to private investors, friends of friends of friends, and said, "Okay, we want to do this film. Is there anybody who wants to invest?" Literally like that. Mm-hmm. And we said, this is what we want to do. It's a true story. We didn't say it was me. Nobody knew that until it came out in the cinema. Mm-hmm. So six years later, we told people. At this point, we just said we want to make a true story, very important film. Um, who wants to invest? And then we got somebody in Sweden who said, I'd like to invest. That's okay. We did two Skype calls. And, you know... The money came through. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, a week later, we had all the money in the bank account. And we thought, oh, my God, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. We're obliged to do this now. So we're we're off. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. And then we went on to hire people. And, again, we've both been in production for so many years. He's been in production for 20 years. So he knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We hired um, a UPM, unit production manager. And then we started from there trickling down. We found the DP. Oh, the DP. <laughs> Yeah, tell me about the DP. <laughs> okay, so, so the DP, um, I fa- by now I found the director, and we're sitting down, we're having different crew come in for interviews, and I, I interviewed every single crew member, myself, because I wanted to make sure that we all gel on set. Mm-hmm. It's an intimate film. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down, and he said, yeah, I've got this amazing DP, um, can I bring in? I said, sure, anyone. He goes, yeah, he did 127 hours and Slam Dog Millionaire, and I said... 
uh, why would you bring? I can't afford him. He goes, well, he read the script and he really likes it. I said, yeah, but I still can't afford him. <laughs> he's coming anyway. Anyway, five minutes later, he walks in. And I just looked at him and I said, he's like, I don't know, six foot something. He's a huge German guy. And I just looked at him and I said, okay, number one, I can't afford you. So <laughs> just, if I were you, just walk out right now before we even become friends. He goes, I read the script. I like it. I said, okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it one last time. I can't afford you. If I were you, I'd walk out. It's going to be terrible shoot. We're going to do nights. We're going to... He goes, I love the script. I said, okay. <sighs> I said, okay, sit down. And we became friends. And he did it for like so little money that I, I just mm. want to cry. Like, so he, I think he actually lost money, to be honest. And wow. he stayed. He stayed in someone's friend's room and did it. It's like, I had people helping me out so badly. Yeah. The sound guy, he's won three Academy Awards. What the hell? <laughs> he did it for almost free. Mm. The entire film. That had to make you feel so good knowing that the writing and the film and the con everything just was, I mean, meant so much for people to, to do it and, and want to work on it. Yeah, uh-huh. it does. It means a lot to me. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope it's good enough. I hope <laughs> that people, when they see the final result, that it, they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm glad I invested in this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the pressure. <laughs> How has Sweaty. that been? Like, yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> what was the reaction then it's from been, that, Ben? It has right. been amazing. Yeah. It's been an incredible reaction. And especially with all these women reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. been like the massive payoff that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have expected anything else. So it's very grateful for that. And you've won about a lot of on the festival circuit, a lot of awards, awards for it. Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, and it's um, I'm I'm really grateful for that too because we um, we just went out blind on the festival circuit. We didn't know the the rules of how to like get into the cool festivals, you mm-hmm. know. Now now I know, but um, we just kind of submitted it like old fashioned submit, and of course that way you don't get into the big festivals. You just don't. <laughs> but we got into a bunch of really cool festivals, and we won, which is like. Now, in hindsight, knowing that you that you can't really get into festivals like that, mm-hmm. we did. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah. What is your, is there another push kind of plan for the, the film? Or where's the film at now? Or where, and where is it going to go? We just sold it worldwide. We just signed the worldwide deal. Okay. So, na- right now, we're going through the rest of the world, basically, going through contracts for... South America and all the, all the different countries in South America, we're doing Europe, all the different countries in Europe, we're doing Asia. So we're just signing different contracts everywhere, and then it's going to be released worldwide mm-hmm. before the end of the year. For people that want to check it out now, where can they go to watch it? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on iTunes. And then it is showing in North America and Canada on all kinds of platforms on cable TV. And um, I can... I don't have all of them in my head right now, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. those are the bigger yeah. platforms that it's on, mm-hmm. and you can find it there. Okay. And it's on Barnes & Noble, and it's on Target. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How has the reception been? Kind Because of, you've been, I think, have, have had um, been written up in Cosmopolitan and I, you know, a bunch of different interviews and magazines and different things, and a lot of things that relate to women. How has it been to kind of um, be like out in that world and talking about it? It's, I'm very grateful for that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's um, that you kind of get to, you kind of get to stand on that platform 
and talk about it, it's huge. So I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm just soaking it in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Did it give you that hunger to for the for the next one? Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah, yeah and um, we're we've um, we're actually waiting within. 10 days we're going to hear from I don't want to jinx it um, <laughs> from the British Film um, Board BF, BFI British Film Board um, about funding for the next film mm-hmm. so we're hoping fingers crossed yes all right. All right. Let's uh, change gears just a little bit. I know we were talking a little bit. I like to ask, ask everybody here kind of what it is about them. What makes you a Tom girl? So if I were to ask you that question, what are some things that you would say make you a Tom girl? Okay. Um, when I go out with the girls, they all get really fancy cocktails, really good wine, and they all know the wine list. And I go, what? Can I have a really cold beer and a tequila? <laughs> I think Love that it. kind of makes me a little bit of a... <laughs> it sure does. What are some of your favorite beers? Um, I like Japanese beers. They're dry and nice. Um, but I'm not too fussy with beers. That's mm. I think that makes me even more of the guy <laughs> side. I just Anything really cold, uh-huh. I don't like them too weak, though. Mm-hmm. I don't like like a Bud Light. That's mm-hmm. more, I'd rather just drink water. <laughs> but, I mean, like a strong, nice... I mean, the Belgian beers are very good. Uh-huh. Um, Mexican beers are very good. Mm-hmm. So something cold with a bit of lime and a tequila. Mm-hmm. Come on. So you do the beer with the, the tequila together? I sip, just... I sip my tequila. Okay. I don't do shots. I am too old to do shots. <laughs> I can't. It takes me four days to recover. I know. So. Isn't that stink how like, you get older and it's that next day it just yeah. gets rough? <laughs> I mean, when I was 19, I was like, ah. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, no. But... <laughs> I'm right there with you. And those are my two drinks, too. I like to like the tequila. I'm, I'm finally getting back into because I used to, for a long time, was couldn't even do the hard alcohol. I was just like, oh, straight beer because I know where I'm at with it. Yeah. But now I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm getting the spicy margaritas back in the rotation. But if you just sip the tequila, just mm. like a little tiny sip, and then it lasts for like like a whole night. Just like one just goes on and on and on and on. I'll have to try that next time out. <laughs> and then let's talk travel a little bit because you are originally from Sweden. Yeah. So tell us some of your favorite spots there or what a traveler would, where they would need to go if they went to Sweden. To Sweden? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Stockholm is a very beautiful city. I'm not from Stockholm, although I would promote it because it's pretty. But I'm from, from Malmö, from the south. So I'm mm-hmm. the farmer girl with an ugly accent. <laughs> so I would obviously say go to Malmo, but Malmo is not the prettiest city, so I can't really say, oh, you need to go to Malmo. But Copenhagen is extremely cool. So if I were to say, oh, you need to go to Scandinavia, I would say go to Copenhagen and then hang out there because they have really cool jazz bars. Mm-hmm. And like the sort of, you can be thrown back into the 1950s like this. Huh. In like a really cool like red velvet jazz bar, nice. so cool. And then you can mm-hmm. take the train over for twenty minutes. You're in Malmo, so you're in a different country, in a smaller Copenhagen. Like it's a really sort of cozy town. And if mm-hmm. you're going to go to Stockholm, this is a three and a half hour train ride or four hour train ride up to Stockholm, and that's really pretty. It's like a city, city of water, I think it's called mm-hmm. in English. So it's just built on water. It's it's ten thousand islands. It's all in water, yeah, and in the winter. All that water freezes, so people take ice skates and they go between the islands on ice skates. Oh, that's fantastic! It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. all right, good, good spots. Yeah, adding those to the list. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, we're just about out of time today, so I guess uh, to wrap up, I would just if there's any um, any last things you want to say, any you know tips for anybody out there on either you know on filmmaking, on you know getting through it, for any anything you might want to say for some any closing thoughts. Um, I think whatever makes you tick or what makes you get your if you're a creative person whatever makes you feel like you're getting your creativity out whether that's in singing or writing or reading or or creating things if it's films or if it's whatever it is making art with your hands do it like if and if you have if you have like something happened to you and you feel like you need to express it and do it just go with your dreams and just you know, create. I just released an EP and it's just, and it's not even for like, I'm not going to make money on it. It's just because I needed to get out things that I had in my head. Uh And I wrote it and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to release it. So just do it. And you know, it's just fun. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the courage. I love the just the attitude of just, you know, going for it, not being held back. Where can we hear the EP? It's called, uh, my band is called Two Paper Dolls. And it's on um, Spotify. Oh, fantastic! I didn't, I didn't find that one in you my didn't research. Find that. <laughs> Dang it! Yes. You've got me. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna look that up on my Spotify. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're such just a light and such a joy, and I thank you for taking the time today and, and coming in and talking thank about. Thank you yourself. so much for having me. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys, that's it for this week. We'll see you here again next week on Tom Girl. Have a great week. Bye bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 